Well, glory to God. Welcome once again to Power of Faith. I'm Pastor Phil Derber with my lovely wife, Alberta. And just delighted to be able to share with you the truth of God's Word. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Those 29 programs are done. We in camp meeting. Hallelujah. Kids are out of school. Y'all on vacation? Well, some of you. All you exceeding Grace Christian Center members go like this. You got it done right on time, didn't you? <laughs> I bet y'all was working even today, wasn't you? Probably some folk working right now. Takes a lot to put on a conference of excellence. And you guys do it well. You know, uh, I was listening to that introduction by Pastor Jonathan talking about how this ministry has changed ever since uh, we came in connection. Well, all it was was your doers of the word. I just knew a little bit more to do than you did. And once you heard what to do, you just did it. To God be the glory. Great things he had done. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, Kentucky folk. Well, the sun shines bright on my new Kentucky home. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Florida people are going like, what's up with that? <laughs> you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Do want to welcome <clears throat> all the FEC members back home. And... Uh, we're just glad you're able to join us live stream. You know, I was sitting there looking at Tiffy on one side and Pastor Kim on the other side, and they got their little fans going. Well, listen, camp meeting when I was growing up, the Methodist camp meeting wasn't in church. No, we went to the campground at the tabernacle. The tabernacle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't no, what, didn't even have no fans except them funeral fans. Had them funeral fans. Remember them funeral fans? Right? Wooden, wooden, wooden pews. Kind of been there so long that they cracked, and you had to watch out when you sit down there. Put a little bit too much weight on that thing, you go shifting around, it'll pinch you. Yeah, come on now, am I telling the truth? Right, right. Them old June bugs, they didn't care, they didn't care that it was July. They came right on in there. And every now and then, you know, them birds would be in there. So 
We got it made. <laughs> right? We got it made. So don't think, like, oh, my goodness, we got praise and God. So I tell you one thing, I tell you, I sweat. You ain't seen sweat. <laughs> and, you know, in those Methodist campgrounds, you know, uh, we sang power in the blood. We, we, we kicked it up. In church, there is power, power, wonder-working. But in the camp, camp meeting, there is power, power, wonder-working. <laughs> so everything got taken up a notch, right? You ready for everything to be taken up a notch this week? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, we're thrilled. We're thrilled to be here and have bunch of our kids with us and and uh you know uh today i i i was in the condo and and uh, you know kids are sending me pictures of what they eat i'm like wait a minute wait a minute whoa 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 you sending me pictures of what you eaten Ain't nothing in there about it. Hey, Dad, you want something? If I get another picture sent to me of what you all eating with no other thing added to it, when we get back to the house, remember when your parents said, when we get back to the house, <laughs> <laughs> no, we were fine. We were fine. Just kidding. Just kidding. Glad you're able to be here and enjoy. Uh, we're getting a taste of heaven, you know, just getting together like this. And uh, hallelujah. You guys, go. you're good. You're good. You're good. You keep doing that and, 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 and uh I don't know what will happen. I thought there for a while. I don't know if I can stand up when I was, when I was right there. And uh, I mean, I'm serious. Because uh, Jesus began to talk to me about when he sat down in my car. And uh, he said, do you remember our conversation? I said, yes, sir, I remember it. He said, well, because you said yes, you better get ready, and all that will listen to your voice better get ready for what I'm about to do in their lives. Now, listen, let's don't, don't, because you said yes. Now, 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 now I, ain't, I ain't lifting me up. I'm just telling you, your obedience means something to Jesus. I'm, I'm just telling you, to obey is better than sacrifice, right? And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying something in this house, into this house. Remember when I taught on ACI? The three ways that you're blessed through association, connections, and impartations, right? Oh, brother. 
Now everybody go. When I get y'all back to the house. (laughs) There's going to be a release this year. uh, Like we've never seen before in the body of Christ. And there's going to be a release in this ministry and our ministry, if you allow what I'm saying, because they're one and the same through ACI, right? And so what I'm carrying in here to release to you when we leave out of here uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, we have it. Yeah, it's not it's not something that uh, you're gonna miss. It's something all you have to do is just sit there and get your receiver up, receive it, receive it, and respond back to it, and it's a done deal. That's where we're at. All right. So, in Deuteronomy chapter four, let's just uh, I gotta lay some groundwork tonight, and. Uh, UFVC members, uh, I'm going to cover a little bit of what we've been on the fire of God. That's not what I'm releasing this week, uh, although I'm expecting the fire to show up. Uh, But I want to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 4, and I want to just make sure everybody is uh, understanding God. God moves differently in different seasons. You need to know that. And uh, seed time and harvest works in every season of our life. But God, He has different ways of moving in his master plan. We are no longer just looking at success in our personal lives. We are looking at God's master plan to be fulfilled through our lives. We've come to the realization that if we get involved with destiny, we get involved with God's master plan, that our personal success is assured. And he'll do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. Now, see, God don't have a lot of people that understand that. They're, they're just trying to survive. They're just trying to just make it. But you're in a church and under leadership which teaches you not only how to be success-minded, but how to be kingdom-minded. And when you understand the shift from just being a church member to being a kingdom child, then everything in this word starts to come alive in a different dimension. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not depleting or taking away from the assembly, the gathering, the church, but we are supposed to gather in the church for kingdom purpose. Ah, see. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 4, I want to just take a, a, a one verse here and then uh, begin to explain it 
to where we understand. And let's put our eyes, say hallelujah when you're there. Put your eyes on verse 24. It says, For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Now, Pastor uh, Jonathan mentioned about uh, making the Jewish people jealous. We'll get into that later on uh, this week. But uh, I want to break this verse down into three aspects of who God is. It says, the Lord is God, He's a consuming fire, and He's a jealous God. Right? So let's, let's just deal firsthand with uh, the Lord thy God. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 1. That's at the front of the book. Y'all look real nice tonight. That was on live stream. Genesis chapter 1, we see in verse 1, in the beginning, who? God created the heaven and the earth, right? Verse 3, God said. Verse 4, God saw. Verse 6, God said. Verse 9, God said. Verse 11, God said. Verse 14, God said. Verse 20, God said. Verse 24, God said. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Right? So verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Verse 29, and God said, Behold, I've given you every herb-bearing seed. When we, when we were singing, my shout is a weapon, my dance is a weapon, I was right there, my seed is a weapon, my seed is a weapon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> How many of you know your seed's a weapon? Hallelujah. And so we see in chapter 1, God is referencing himself as God. When we get to chapter 2, something changes. Look at it. It says in verse 2, And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested. Verse 3, God blessed the seventh day. Right? Now watch verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, this is God introducing himself to us. The first chapter is God, 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 God. After he's created everything, as God, now he wants to introduce himself to us as Lord God. Now, now, now follow this, because when you understand Jehovah God, right? 
When you understand what he's saying here, he introduced himself as Lord God when he starts talking about harvest. When he starts to talk about harvest. He goes on, it says in verse 4, And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, are we talking about harvest? For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. There was not a man to till the ground. And uh, verse 7, and the Lord God formed man, right? Verse 8, and the Lord God planted a garden. Verse 9, and out of the ground made the Lord God. Remember, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, right? And verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat, but stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 18, and the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. Verse 19, out of the ground the Lord God formed. Come on. Verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep fall upon Adam. And verse 22, and the rib which the Lord God taken from the man made he a woman. Now, do you understand chapter 1, it's God, 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 God creating everything that would release seed time and harvest. And once he creates everything to put that law in motion, because he's operating out of that himself. But now he wants us to know that he's Lord God. He's Lord of the harvest. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. So when you see Lord God, in the Bible from that moment on, it's referencing that he is the Lord of the harvest. That's why when Satan came in, in chapter 3, he says, hath God said. He leaves out Jehovah. Come on now. Because when, when, when they eat from the tree and God comes in and says to them, uh, this is what's going to happen here. On your belly, devil, you'll go, right? Cursed is the ground for your sake, Adam, right? And so, so God wasn't thinking these things up at the time, thinking, you know, this is what I'm going to do. No, that was the harvest. He was just announcing the harvest of the seed that they had just participated in. So he wasn't making up a punishment like you as parents when you're thinking about how you ought to punish your kid. Should we ground them? Should we whoop them or both? Both of them. Let me help you out. Both of them. <laughs> look, at, look at the kids. They're like, hmm. <laughs> so when you read now the Bible... When it says, Lord God, Lord God, that's why uh, when you see the Lord of hosts, whenever you see that, when the Lord of hosts, when he identifies himself as Lord, he's talking about harvest. He's talking about what's supposed to come to those that have sown seed, whether it's good seed or bad seed. Those that sow to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Those that sow to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life 
everlasting, right? So do we see so far in Deuteronomy chapter 4 that uh, the Lord thy God is talking about the harvester side of God? See, we talk about harvest all the time. I mean, you recognize that you are part of the kingdom harvest? Jesus was the seed, right? Okay. Now, the second part is the Lord thy God is a consuming fire. Now, remember, we're made in the image of God in His likeness, right? So if the Lord God is a harvester, so am I. If the Lord... God is a harvester, so am I. Look at your neighbor and say, so am I. See? Hallelujah. This consuming fire back home, so I got to really calm my jets right here to not go down the road too deep on a consuming fire. But our God is a consuming fire. Now, if he's a consuming fire and I'm made in his likeness, so am I. So am I. Now, now, now follow this. A consuming fire. That doesn't mean Father God is like some superhero monster, you know, where he, he, you know, he's got these arms all fire and fire and fire and fire, you know. No, no. Uh, he is, his consuming fire is his creative power. Now, watch this. You cannot separate God from his word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if the Word was God, the Word is God, and God is a consuming fire, then the Word is a consuming fire. Is not my Word like a fire, right? So that book in your hand, it has fire in it. So God had a problem when He created Adam and Eve in his image, they had that consuming fire within them. And when they sinned, the fire went out. The fire went out because of sin. Now follow this. So God has his hands full, if you will, of how do I get consuming fire back in to my man that I made in their, li in their likeness without killing them. Now think about this. Let's think about fire here for a moment. The greatest natural fire that we know of is sun. It's sun. 93 million miles away, that sunshine that hit 95 degrees today took eight minutes and 15 seconds to get to St. Pete Beach. 
from the sun. Right? 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 At 186,000 miles per second. Come on now. Who created that? Now, see, you can create a fire that'll kill you. You can create a fire and it kill you. You and I can't live on the sun in the state we're in. But God created it. God can go walk on it if he wants to. I, I want you to see something. I want you to see how powerful that word is. The world says you do not fight fire with fire. But in the spirit realm, you fight fire with fire. You fight fire with fire. Uh, fiery darts of the enemy. That's those day-to-day casting down the lives of the enemy that tries to tell you you're going to die with this. You're going to be broke all your life. You ne- you never, you, you're never doing, uh, ever going to achieve this. You've got to cast that down. Cast that down. Those are the fiery darts. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherein you may quench. Now, we know faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the which is the consuming fire. So when you're holding up the shield of faith, it's actually a fire that's greater than the fiery darts that are coming at you. When you're speaking the Word of God out of your mouth to that tumor, it is fire coming out of your mouth, going to that tumor and burning it up. Medical science uses laser now to try to cut something and so on and so forth. They're understanding if they can control a fire, that they can do things that help. But you and I, you and I, I'm looking for some fireballs in here. Some fire carriers. Hallelujah. See? Now, don't start your watches. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to get us out to the runway. And so the day-to-day fiery attempts at the enemy, he's always trying to be like God. See, why do you think there's a lake of fire? <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have a front row seat. Jesus Please, please, front row, front row. I'm going to shout the loudest. Hallelujah. And so you have, you have the fiery darts, the day-to-day thing. Then you have the fiery trial. That's a, pro, that's a prolonged season where, uh, you know, you've been standing in faith, and, it, and it's been like, hey, hello, God, hey, Praise the Lord, I believed I received. Glory, glory. Remember me? Receiving the end of your faith. Your faith has an end, right? And if you could see the flame throwing that's coming out of your mouth, or should be, not a bunch of doubt and unbelief, why God, why, when God, when. Come on now. And then you have the fiery furnace. 
And that's when right before promotion time, right before manifestation time, right before all the public is going to see your commitment to God, the enemy tries to heat it up seven times hotter. But know that the fire that's in you is greater than the fire that's in the world. See? And our God is a consuming fire. And if he's a consuming fire, so I, I so am I. He is the I am. So am I. Right? And so uh, we need to understand then uh, who our Father is and who we are in him. See? So he's a harvester. He's a consuming fire. Now, notice, notice that these three are put together in this verse on purpose. Because when these three uh, understandings of who God is is acknowledged and applied, look out. And that's what we're going to look at this week, see. So, uh, the Lord is a harvester. The Lord is a consuming fire, right? Hey, hey, uh, check this out. When we were kids, you know, in, in Cracker Jacks, get that little magnifying glass. And go outside down on that sunny day. And that little anthill that you sat on, we got some revenge going on here. How many of you know if you magnify the sun, S-U-N, you can start a fire? They do it all the time. All the time. Well, I'm looking for some people that will come magnify the Lord with me. Exalt his name together. Come on. The S-O-N. Come on. And I believe this week we're going to put the magnifying glass on your situation. We're going to put that magnifying glass on that debt. We're going to put the magnifying glass on that healing. We're going to put that magnifying glass on that closed door. We're going to put that magnifying glass on whatsoever things you desire, and we're going to magnify that sun. We're going to turn up the heat on the devil, the consuming fire. Somebody shout early. Hallelujah. Now, God needs cooperation with your mouth. Look at your name and say, uh, you going to cooperate? James chapter 3. We're so used to going to James chapter 3. Oh, that's the tongue chapter. 
That's the tongue chapter. That's where we always go over there and get corrected by God. Now, you, ought to, you ought to recognize that's the fire chapter. That's the fire chapter. Hallelujah. You filled with the Holy Ghost. You a tither. You don't run off with the mouth like you used to. I still need a little bit of help, but you don't run off with the mouth like you used to. I mean, remember how you used to cuss somebody out? I look at y'all looking at me all holy like, I didn't never cuss. Okay, you didn't cuss with your holy self. But you were sarcastic, and you could cut somebody up and make them feel like they was nothing with your non-cuss word self. They both out of hell. Now that we've covered the whole... And some of you was both. You could cuss somebody out and cut them down too at the same time. Ah, <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter 3, are you there? Verse 2, for in many things we offend all, talking about our mouth. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to browse the whole body. Why? Why? Because there's fire. It's either, it's either hell fire or heaven fire. See, verse 3, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. A horse. You know, horses are identified because of their power. That's cars to this day. How much horsepower? Right? Ain't no horse in there. But they still use that terminology because back in the day when they were making the shift from horse and buggy to a horseless carriage, then they were comparing how much power this engine had to those horses over there. Well, it's got two horsepower, right? They made the comparison. But if we can... <laughs> But if we can get a bit in a horse's mouth. You know, I was, I was studying earlier yesterday about, uh, and we'll probably get into it later on this week, but we're talking about a horse now, and uh, Philip means a lover of horses, and I'm from horse country, and uh, man of war. You ever heard of man of war? The horse man of war? How many of you know who I'm talking about, man of war horse? Okay, the rest of you don't know who man of war is. Man of War uh, is a, was a horse back in 1918, 1919, 1920 that uh, holds historical record 
in the thoroughbred racing industry. He won 20 of 21 races. Secretariat didn't do that. Secretariat set track records that uh, Man of War, uh, Secretariat was a faster horse. Uh, But uh, Man of War won 20 of 21 races. But uh, he was untamable. When, when, when the owner bought him, they, uh, he, they couldn't break him. And uh, he, he was just wild. And uh, finally, what they concluded when they so-called broke him was they concluded that Man of War was smarter than the trainers and recognized, okay, uh, I'm going to let them think that they broke me. Because I see that they ain't going to give up on this, so I'm going to let them do this. And so even though he had a bit in his mouth, he was wild. But there was one trainer, black man, that uh, was with him all the time. And he could handle him. Nobody else could handle him. And, I mean, you know, uh, you go back and... And you Google Man of War, it's, it's astounding. You'll see this, this uh, man that I'm talking about, and they were, they were un, uh, inseparable, right? Matter of fact, when uh, that trainer died a half, hour, a half hour, 30 days later, Man of War died. And they say he died of a broken heart because he's looking for uh, his, his, his trainer and wasn't there. But Man of War... Interesting enough, lost one race. It was the seventh race. And he lost because back in the day, you know, have you ever seen a horse race where they put them in the gate? They didn't have gates. They didn't have gates. They, they would line up the horse. And just, just, just humor me like you're interested in this because I'm going to tell it to you anyways because I love horses, okay? So you're going to hear this. And I'm going to spiritualize it somehow. Because I ain't getting no breakfast. I just got pictures. (laughs) Hallelujah. So the horse that beat Man of War, his name was Upset. So what they would have to do, they had a ribbon that would stretch across the track, and they, the jockeys would have to try to get their horse in position, heading that way, and when they get them all lined up, they'd lift that ribbon, and they'd take out running. When they, <laughs> Man of War was facing the opposite direction when they lifted the tape, right? Because he had a mind of his own. And so when, when he, the jockey don't even know that the tape's being raised, right? Finally, he turns around. They all took off. And he still just lost by a nose. Now, listen. Now, listen. It was the seventh. Now, how many of you know the Bible says God is a man of war? That was the seventh. 
he was defeated on the seventh. He would race upset four more times and beat him handily. He would never, ever lose another race. Just like Jesus. Lost on purpose. The seventh. <laughs> right? And then would never be defeated again. Man of War, when they buried Man of War, when, when they buried these racehorses, they cut off their head and their hooves. That's how they bury them, right? Not Man of War. They had a special made casket. They embalmed him. They had ten dignitaries give the eulogy. That's the impact that this horse had on this nation, right? Right? And I believe it's significant that his name was Man of War and that he uh, had that kind of record having a name that God has. You understand what I'm saying? I got all that out of James chapter 3, putting a bit in a horse mouth, right? Right? So, uh, it says here, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. If we can just get control of their mouth, we got the whole body. Verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter. A little fire kindleth. How great a matter. Anybody believing for great things? Got some stuff that matters to you. You want it to go and be great. Your tongue can kindle it. Your tongue can speak your, you can speak your way right out of that situation. Come on now. Consuming fires. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Okay. Okay. Now, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, we worked. Where's the kids at? I'm talking about work. I ain't talking about cleaning up your room. Man, that, that clean up your room, that, man, that was, that was downtime. Really? That was downtime. I mean, my goodness, get away from get away from all that other stuff. Well, I teach my kids to clean up their room. What about the rest of the house? What about outside the house? What about the car? What about uh, laundry? Well, I, just, I, I, I can just do it better myself. Okay. That's enough of that, ain't it? When I get y'all back to the house. My job was to start the fire in the fireplace and in the fire stove. 
seven years old, eight years old. Right? Come downstairs. Boy, it's cold. You see your breath inside the house. Daddy, when our house caught on fire and it all burned up, he said, that's enough of that. He put electric heat in the house instead of the fireplace and the fire stove. You know how long it takes to heat a house? Big old house. We had a big house uh, with electric baseboard heaters when they've been, when they've been off all night. Because you got to save money. I'm talking about five or six blankets on you when you go to bed at night. See, some of y'all, some of y'all didn't. Y'all to, to thank God. <laughs> so I found out. It's a whole lot better to have the kindling already cut and in the house the day before. I forget who it was. We went camping. This is years ago. Went camping. City boy. Went camping, and we're going to start a fire, and he, 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 he strikes a match and holds it underneath the log. I said, well, it don't, it don't work like that. But see, that's what, that's what Christians try to do with, with their faith. They, they, they want to strike a match to that, that, to that debt, to that situation, and they ain't got no kindling. They ain't got nothing to build on. They just heard one message, and then they say, yeah, well, that faith stuff didn't work. Come on now. So Dad had this wood pile. Then he had a kindling pile. The kindling pile, you know what I'm talking about, right? A kindling pile is, is, is a pile of just uh, real dried up old pine boards that, you know, uh, just, and he smashed them all up and, 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 and you had kindling. And then, you know, you, we, we, we didn't throw away newspapers. No, we need that, right? And you take, them, you take those, I'm talking about them big newspapers, and you rolling balls up, you put them in there, and then you put that kindling on there, then you took a match. <laughs> we had matches. And we lit that, and then once the kindling got going, then you put a small log on there, and then a bigger log on there, and then a bigger log on there, and then before you know it, that kindling, instead of cracking, is roaring. If you'll learn to just get past the crackling stage of your faith to where you got that thing roaring like it's supposed to, look out. Right? Look out. See? So I did the flip-flop on this verse, verse 6. Put that up there. You got the flip-flop. On the screen.
Let me read it to you. The flip-flop. And the tongue is a fire. There it is. No, it ain't. A world of blessing. This is the flip-flop. So is the tongue among our members that it blesses the whole body and sets on fire the course of the supernatural. And it is set on fire of heaven. That's if you'll control the tongue, right? Okay. So that's the consuming fire. I didn't mean to spend that much time on consuming fire, but school's out. Now, what I want to talk about is this jealous God. Jealous God. All right? Now, uh, go with me. So we, f we found out that the Lord God is a harvester. And if we're made in his image, so we're harvesters. He's a consuming fire. We're made in his image. We have consuming fire. We are consuming fire, right? And we're in a fire fight, right? Which is the power to create the consuming fire. When God said, let there be, fire came and created. And so how did he get himself inside us? He had to get us born again by incorruptible seed, by the Word of God, which is the consuming fire. So when you got born again, your new creation is a consuming fire in the image of God. Now God can put that Word inside you, not the letter that kills, but the Spirit, and, and so you can handle the fire. See, otherwise, it'd kill you. All right. Jealous God. Go with me now to Exodus. Thank you for being patient with me with man of war, with that horse. Exodus 34, say hallelujah when you're there. Like popcorn. Let's just go straight to it. He's, he's telling them what to do when you go into the promised land. And he says in verse 14, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose what? Is jealous, is a jealous God. So we're seeing more than just he's the jealous God. It's one of his names. Now, we need to understand who our Father is. Now, if we're going to if we're going to flourish, we're going to go into this land of more than enough. We need to understand 
when the Lord of the harvest, the consuming fire, is moving, he's moving in jealousy. Now, now you you, you got to understand this. He doesn't just say that he is a jealous God and leaves it there. He said, no, that's my name. Now, a name identifies. If I say Eric, right, then everybody in here knows that I'm not talking about Destinor. Because I didn't say Destinor, I said Eric. But how many in the body of Christ, when we say the name of Jesus, El Shaddai, Elohim, Jehovah, jealous. Whoa, 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 what's that? What's that? It's his name. Yeah, follow this. He said this. He's the one who said this. And if he said this, then he wants us to know that. But we haven't known that. Not like we're going to know it by the time this week's over. Come on now. Because it's more than just identifying something that he operates in. It's who he is. See, now, we, we, got, we got to understand when we, when we talk about jealousy because, boy, that just opens up all kinds of, of uh, different avenues, right? And, uh, you know, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's cannot, right there, cannot, and one word, jealous. Not, not a, you know how a lot of those Strong's definitions, you got about 50 words, one word, jealous. Now, before I got saved, I was a jealous guy. And when you're jealous, you drive by your girlfriend's house one o'clock in the morning, you don't see her car there. We didn't have cell phones back then. So you go over to the girlfriend's house, car ain't there. You driving all over town all night long. So then you go park at the house, and here she come in 3 o'clock in the morning. Where were you? What was you doing? Who was you with? And she's trying to tell you that her grandma's in the hospital and you ain't buying it.
So now we're going to interrogate what's wrong with grandma. To validate. Oh, my goodness. Second Corinthians. Go into a burger joint. Your girlfriend's up there ordering something for you, and some guy gets in behind her, and, and he says something to her. What was that all about? He was just asking me about that. It don't take that long to answer like that. My girlfriend, my girlfriend worked in Long John Silver's right when they first opened up in our little town, right? And there was this guy that, uh, now you got to understand, my girlfriend can't handle friends. It's me. You don't, need, you don't need nobody but me. I'm your everything. <laughs> and that worked pretty good till she got that job. So I got to go check up on her, and she's in that job. Because everybody goes in there. All the guys go in there. So I go in there, and she's back there talking to this guy behind the counter. You know, they're, they're in this conversation, and, 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 and she's laughing, and, 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 and he's sitting there. So I'm going to the counter, and I'm about to order. It ain't nothing off the menu. I'm about to give orders. Now, you got to understand, I'm a, I'm a fighter on the street. You laugh around me. Now, this is what jealousy will do, see. And so... I went, up, I, went up, I went up to the counter, and she said, Hi, Philip. What you doing in there? And, and I said, Well, I come in here. What's going on back there? What do you mean, what's going on back here? He's training me. Training you? Yeah, he's the manager here. He's showing me how. 
And he's back here. And so I said, well, I don't like it. I don't like you working this job. I'm, and there are people coming in, see, I don't care. And she's saying, would you shut up? No, I ain't shutting up. And she goes on, and finally she leans over the corner and says, Philip, he's a homosexual to begin with. Well, I don't know that. That's, I don't know that. He might want to change his plan all of a sudden. She said, get out of here, you. You're ruining this for me. See, jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. It was eating me up. It was, it was just consuming me in the wrong way. So when we hear the word jealousy, we have a negative view of jealousy, but yet God says, my name is jealous. So we need to find out what kind of jealous he is so we can find out what kind of jealous we are. My buddies pulled me out of there. So I waited. Not for her. For the one that might change his mind. Threatened him. Big time. Scared him. You messing with my stuff. Are you in 2 Corinthians 11? Y'all trying to figure out, did I go to jail or not? That's a true story. True story. And it didn't end there. 
jealous, jealous, jealous. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Look at verse 2. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, For I'm jealous over you with, with what kind of jealousy? What kind? Shout that word. Okay. 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 Now we'll deal with with the rest of that verse probably later on this week, I want you to see that the Apostle Paul said, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. So he understood and was operating in a jealousy that was godly, and it was helping him and motivating him and inspiring him to do kingdom stuff. Not just knowing right from wrong. Jealousy. Now, 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 godly jealousy. Let me just let me just say say it like this. God loves us, right? And we're in covenant with God. And if somebody messes with what God loves to do them harm, then God gets angry. He does. This religious mess that, you know, God's a God of love, you know, and he has compassion for everyone. Well, he's got compassion for everyone uh, that ain't messing with his kids. You start messing with what he loves... You're going to see anger, angry love in motion. See, that's why when you go through the Old Testament, it looks like God killing folk. When what's happening is they are messing with jealousy. They're messing with what God is jealous for. Are you following this? Okay, now. You know how just in the natural, if you get angry, you start to heat up. Come on now. Temperature's rising. When you get mad, come on now, right? In the natural, you start to get angry, right? You heard the term hot-headed, right? Where does that term come from? Somebody mad, somebody got angry, everything starts heating up. We'll take it over into the love arena. In marriage. Right? When that when that love is rising, we'll just say it like that. Things start heating up. Your physical body begins to Heat up. So whether it's anger or love, just in the physical, your body experiences temperature change. Right? And we have that. 
Quit nudging your wife right there. We have that. <laughs> Get you all back to the house. You better be acting right right here. <laughs> we have that physical example to understand in the spirit realm when God gets angry out of jealousy, that consuming fire begins to blaze. Why? Because what he loves, who he loves, right? The temperature is rising, being messed with. Now, now, look, I'm just trying to lay this thing out for you tonight and keep from going into the high dive where we're going with this thing. But I need you to understand tonight there is godly love and, and, uh, and godly jealousy, rather. Thank you. And that we know jealousy in a perverted form. And the Apostle Paul said, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. So just like we knew love in a perverted love, we had to discover love in a godly love. Are you following? We knew joy in a perverted joy. We had to learn godly joy. We have to learn these things. Well, just like we knew jealousy in worldly terms, perverted terms, we got to know godly jealousy in the realm of the Spirit because when you understand that, you're going to get your stuff. You're going to have a force moving with your consuming fire self. Now, now follow this now. Look what it says here. For I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I've espoused you to one husband. Uh-oh. How many is one here in St. Pete? Is it like that? Or is it one at a time? One for every day of the week. Alberta, you're the one. You're the one. Number one. Watch this now. Let me just look at you all tonight. For I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Uh-oh. One husband. How many of you know that Jesus is our husband? That we're the bride of Christ. 
So the terminology used here is jealousy. So that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. That you ain't been messing around somewhere. Are you all here tonight? Okay. Notice it says here that I may present you. See, there's a way we're supposed to be presented to the Lord. And we already know that he's jealous. And Apostle Paul knows that he's jealous. Apostle Paul knows that he's training the people that he has a voice to, that they are to be presented to this one husband as a chaste virgin to Christ. Not physically, but once you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you didn't go whoring around after Buddha, after Allah, the psychic. You didn't dabble around. You stayed espoused. No, I'm already spoken for. Espoused. That's close to spouse. Espoused means you engaged. And you go back in Jewish custom, you married. You're just waiting on the ceremony and the consummation of that ceremony. But, but, but nobody messes with you. Come on now. And so you and I have been spoken for. And God wants us to be presented to him properly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And jealousy, God don't like you messing around with stuff. Getting a little nervous in here. God don't like you messing around with experimenting with this and dabbling in that and so on. No, no, no. A chaste virgin to Christ. So God is real jealous over how we live, how we conduct ourselves. Come on now. So that on that day when we are a present to Jesus, when we are presented to him, we are that chaste virgin. Now, I don't care if you've been married 12 times. When you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you got washed in the blood. Come on now. 
Come on now. And you begin to live that holy life. And you understand that God is jealous over you. He wants to know what you're doing. Who are you doing it with? Where were you all night? Why wasn't you in church? How come you didn't read your Bible? How come you didn't tithe this month? Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Kimberly been preaching on that holiness. I tell you what. That is, that is necessary in the time we're living in. Or any time we're living in. Right? But notice how that jealousy is involved in how we are going to be presented to the Lord. Now, for us to be represent, represent God to the world, we can't be operating like the world. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I just do those things, you know, uh, because I'm, 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 I'm winning my friends to the Lord. Careful with that word friends. That's a covenant word. Well, Jesus was friends with sinners. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But the Bible says he wasn't. No, the Bible don't say he was. That's what they said about him. Go look, go read your Bible. They said that he was friends with sinners. Friends, a covenant word. See? So, jealousy is necessary for us to be presentable. Now, let me just ask you a question. Don't answer it out loud. Don't, don't drop your head and just don't roll your eyes. Do you believe you're presentable to the Lord in your current condition? I'm not talking about the, you, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, your new creation, washing the blood. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about where you are in life. Is this how you want this thing to end? We're going to find out this jealousy goes way into every aspect of life. See, right? Let, 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 let me just show you an example over here in Genesis. Where were you last night? Genesis 24, are you there? Okay, we got to find a bride for Isaac. 
We got to find a bride for the only begotten son. Look at all the single women, single men. Yeah. We got to find a bride for Isaac. Isaac is the promised son. When, when, when God told Abraham to offer up Isaac on the altar, remember that? Remember that? When Abraham, the Bible says, accounting that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead, wherein he'd already received him once in the figure. His body now dead, Sarah's womb was dead, but yet there was Isaac, right? And God said, now offer him up as a sacrifice. And, you know, Isaac, Isaac pretty bright. He said, hey, we got the fire. We got the wood. We missing something here, pops. No, God will provide. God will provide him Self, right? And so they get up there, and the Bible says that Abraham put Isaac on that altar. I wonder if there was a, you know, what, 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 you know, uh, now, son, you know, I'm just going to tell you a bedtime story. We just, we just going to play a little game here. He raised that knife to kill him, and when. God knew that the point of no return had reached into Abraham's soul. Bam! You stopped him. That gave God the right to send his only begotten son. God needed a seed in the earth the only begotten son, a supernatural birth, he needed that kind of seed in the earth so heaven could bring out of heaven the only begotten son in a birth that would take the place of that. So when you see Isaac and needing a bride, it's a type of Jesus and we are the bride. We are the Rebecca. You following this? See? Okay. In Genesis 24, I don't have time to go through all this, you know, and Abraham sends his, uh, his key uh, house steward to go find this bride-to-be. And uh, Rebecca came out, watered all the camels. Remember that? And uh, in verse 21, And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight. That's a golden earring, not gold-plated. 
No, no, no. Now, my Bible says that was four ounces. How much is, a, how much is an ounce of gold? 1,700, right? So multiply that times four. That's just an earring. We're just, we just, we just doing that for watering the camels. And two bracelets for hands of 10 shekels weight. That's 20 ounce piece. So they go, they go to uh, Rebecca's house, remember that? And, you know, this steward tells his mission to Rebecca's parents. And uh, they said, well, what do you say, Rebecca? Rebecca says, I'm in. I'm in. Watch out now. Verse 51. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go and let her be thy master's son's wife as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshiped the Lord, bound himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold. We ain't, we ain't even putting no weight on these guys. And raiment, and gave them to Rebekah, and he gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. Now, what, why are, is this servant putting jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment, and gave them to Rebekah? Why is he doing that? Her presentation. She is about to go into the richest family on the planet. And uh, you can't go looking like that. I know Isaac, and I know how he lives, and I know how you're going to live, and I know that i got to lift the standard up. And so you're going to have to put all that stuff on and get real used to it. Because this is how we live where you're going. And so you need to get used to it now before you meet your husband. So you don't have your jogging suit on. Because that's easy to ride that camel. No, 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 no. No, honey. You got to be decked out. You got to be, you don't know who I serve. You don't know who my Isaac is. You don't understand what's going on. And on top of that, we got to put a veil on your face. Your presentation has to be, whoa. Bible says Isaac was out meditating in the field around evening tide. And here they come. She'll be coming around the mountain. 
And she says, who's that? Because he wasn't out there in a tank top, flip-flops. No, 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 no. I got to read it. Verse 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at evening tide. He lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, what? This is, this is, this is how, what he sent out. The limos. Don't you know when they pulled up at her house? Come on now. Look at that. Now you got to understand. These are Abraham's son's camels. Not on the Discovery Channel. We're now raggedy out. No, no, no. They got gold and jewels all up in there. They, they, she ain't riding on no hump. She got a throne on top of that camel. Well, I don't know if I'm going to put all this on and then get on that camel. Oh, honey, we got a camel for you. Matter of fact, that camel, if you, don't, if you, don't, if you ain't decked out, he'll look at you funny. Who, who are you getting up here? I hope you understand this is all presentation. It could have been when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be where most Christians live. Uh-uh. 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 There's a presentation that we have to have in manifestation before we get there. And godly jealousy, I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you. Can't present you like that. Now, when you're reading 2 Corinthians 11, go back to chapter 8, where it talks about those that were deep in poverty, sowed a seed. Chapter 9, those which sow bountifully, reap bountifully. Chapter 10, you got to cast down imaginations. Everything that tries to tell you what you sowed for is not coming. Chapter 11, that I may present you. See? See? Hallelujah. Isaac went out to meditate in the field at evening tide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. Camels were coming. Woo! 
And Rebekah lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lit. She wasn't smoking a cigarette. She lighted off the camel. That's an old Pentecostal joke. You've heard it about 20 times, and you, you mustered out a little chuckle. Verse 65, for she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walks in the field to meet us? Now, don't you know they passed all kinds of men when this caravan but when, Chris, they got to this field, it's different. The fence is different. The field is different. Isaac just ain't out there walking in the field somewhere. No, no, no. He's in some beautiful garden that's landscaped. He's got this meditation garden. And, 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 the, and that master servant knows exactly where it is. Knows exactly what he does. Where he's going to be. And he goes straight there and she sees this guy. Because, you know, she's probably, she probably riding on, you know, on that throne and there's some guy looking at her. And she's like, I hope that ain't him. Keep his camel going. Praise the No, 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 no. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep it. Oh, oh. Somebody whistling. Oh, I knew it. Don't stop this camel now. But all of a sudden, something catches her eye. And she starts to understand the gold earring. She starts to understand the gold bracelet. She starts to understand the raiment that's on her and how she's been decked out because she sees something she ain't never seen before. She's seeing a glory that she has never seen before. And God has prepared her to live in that before she ever got there. Somebody shout. That's what God wants to do to us. He wants to prepare us for heaven now. Hallelujah. Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. Let me, let, you reckon she wanted to get a little walk on? A little walk? Yeah. 
Want, 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 want him to see a little something here. Come on, ladies, don't look at me like that. Oh, Rebecca, you look gorgeous. Oh, and this little thing. <laughs> Woo! We're just getting the foundation laid. I'm trying to I'm trying to get through this. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. <laughs> she had said to the servant, What man is this? that walks in the field to meet us. And the servant said, that's him. And she said, whoop. This is going to be a surprise, surprise. You seeing all this. But you know, you see all this, we need this to help. We need this to help the rest of this. You do more work on this than you do on that because you're counting on the raiment to help you out there. But up here, we got to have it right for the presentation. For the presentation. Don't, 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 don't get off too much in the natural with me now. Remember, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy that I may present you. your presentation, I know that God's a jealous God. And I know what he likes and he don't like. Come on now. This is, this is way more than just your personal success. Come on now, kingdom-minded people. I'm all about personal success. I have it. Right? But I found out personal success is not purpose fulfillment. It'll leave, it'll leave, you, it'll leave you empty without kingdom fulfillment. See? She said unto the servant, What man is this that walks in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It's my master. Therefore, she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. So he told. He told Isaac the condition she was in when he found her. 
But what qualified her was her willingness to serve. Not just another pretty face. And Isaac brought her into her mother's tent. That's all I'm going to say about that. Can I take you one more place? Get, get out of, get, we got to get out of that tent real quick. Now watch this. Don't confuse jealousy that we're talking about here with covetousness. Covetousness is when you want something that belongs to somebody else. Jealousy, godly jealousy, is when you want what belongs to you, even if somebody else possesses it. Did you hear that? I think we'll go to Proverbs 6 and we'll close here. Proverbs 6. We got a good start on this. Because that godly jealousy, when it's activated in your life, you will want what God wants more than just what you want. And you're going to find out that God, you're going to find out what God wants for you to want. You catching that? He wants you to have a bigger house. He wants you to have... a lot of cars. Proverbs 6, look at this. Verse 34. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Now, see, we're taking this in the natural about what jealousy is. And if you back it up, it's talking naturally. Look at in verse 32. But whoso commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He that doeth it destroys his own soul. A wounded dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom Neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. Okay, so uh, in the natural, a wife commits adultery. The husband finds out about it. And he's going to hurt somebody. And if that guy said, look, man, I'll give you my new Mercedes. My wife, my wife ain't a prostitute. You trying to buy that now? 
I would just, I, I would just going to break both arms. And I'm going to break both legs. You understand what I'm saying? Right? But you take that over into godly jealousy. God has been dealing with spiritual adultery. We'll get into it later this week, how they've gone whoring after other gods, have committed adultery, right? And it is the rage, right? It is the rage of that husband. So when you and I get messing around in something we ought not be messing around with, we're messing around not just with sin. We're messing around with jealousy. And you don't you 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 want to be on the good side of that jealousy. Let, let me let me give you a couple of translations of this. I know you, some of you barely keeping your eyes open. Look at it in the good news translation. A husband is never angrier than when he is jealous. His revenge knows no limits. Now, see, we want jealousy. We want godly jealousy working on our behalf. That's what we're going to be looking at later on this week, right? How when you and I understand the jealousy of God and, the, and look, that frustration you got on the inside of you because you ain't got your stuff, you're going to find out, get out of the frustration and get over into being jealous. That when you got, I got I got to get you out of here, y'all. See, I've been I've been with God all day. Y'all been out on the beach. That sun done zapped all the strength out of you. You come dragging in here, full of pancakes. That I ain't getting none. Look at this in the message translation. Look at it in the message. Watch this now. It's right underneath that one. Okay. Read that. All right. Let me read it to you. Is that the right time? Ten o'clock? Listen, y'all. Uh-huh. 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 Sure enough. Adultery is a brainless act, soul-destroying, self-destructive. This is a message. Expect a bloody nose, a black eye, and a reputation ruined for good. For jealousy detonates rage in a cheated husband. Wild for revenge 
He won't make allowances. Got it? Now, listen, I'll just give you an example. You don't have to turn there because I don't want to embarrass the ones who are falling asleep. Listen. You remember when Jesus walked into the temple and looked around? Remember that? He said, this is my father's house. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. You made it a den of thieves. What did he do? What did he do? Turned them tables over. Made him a whip. And the disciples remembered that the Scripture said the zeal of God's house had consumed him. That word zeal, that's just a, a fancy English word for jealousy, right? He goes into that temple and the jealousy, godly jealousy, when he sees what's in there, ain't supposed to be in there, right? And he does something about it to clean the temple. And then he goes on and talks about his temple. Are you following this? So we're, that's the groundwork for where we're going this week with this jealousy thing, right? That this godly jealousy, some of you, some of you get some sleep tonight, so you're not sitting there yawning at me the whole time I'm trying to preach a Holy Ghost camp meeting. I mean, why'd you come down here? Right? Is the vacation up here or the Holy Ghost meeting up here? See? So set your day accordingly. Right? I want you to have a good time. Enjoy it. But man, don't make me work like that. Right? Okay. Now that that blessed you. Hey, I got a word for you. Right? See? And I want you to have a good time. But don't put God in the back seat now. Amen? So when the Apostle Paul said, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy, I've espoused you to one husband, right, that I may present you a chaste virgin. Jealousy is necessary for us to be presentable. That's what I'm getting at so far tonight. All right? Did you get anything out of that tonight? Pastor Jonathan? Come on, praise the Lord this place tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is a jealous God. His name is jealous. Amen. What a good foundation for us.